Welcome to 52 Weeks of Hustle. I'm Travis Apple, the host of this podcast. And after spending my entire career in the sports industry, I want to continue to find ways to give back. Give back to individuals that want to get in this business or individuals that are currently in this business that want to continue to excel at an elite level. For those of you who know me, hustle has always been important, hence the name. This podcast is presented by General Sports Worldwide and the clubhousecareers.com. It's crazy. It's season four already. I'm going to have the privilege of sitting down with industry experts to discuss their career path. We're going to discuss three key topics that are currently in this industry, three hustle hot seat questions, and three pieces of advice, all under 24 minutes. Now, under our guests this week. Imagine starting off in an entry-level role for your hometown team, work your way up within the organization, and then leave your comfort zone and become head of ticketing for another. Our next guest did just as. I'm excited to have Amanda Dennis, Vice President of Ticket Sales and Service for the Detroit Red Wings. Amanda, welcome to the show. Hey, Travis. How are you? I'm great. I'm great and always excited to talk to you and dive into your career. And you grow up in the suburbs of Denver, Colorado. Attend Winona State University, receive a degree in mass communication and communication communication studies. And while at that D2 school, you played women's soccer and won the conference championship, not once, twice, but three times. And so, Amanda, during your college athletic career, what was a key learning experience that you still apply to your everyday? Yeah, absolutely. We're, we're throwing it back to the college days. Um, but for sure, I think soccer was my life growing up when I was looking for schools in general it was more so where could I play soccer I knew I wasn't going to go be the next uh, Mia Hammer or anything so I chose to play at a division two school but a lot that went into soccer while I was playing in college kind of helped me frame what I wanted to do career-wise and I would say especially on the ticket sales side, being in sports and being a collegiate athlete, you just learn so much about setting goals for yourself and how to personally achieve them goals with a team atmosphere. And one of the biggest things I think was perseverance, right? Is you learn being a collegiate athlete, maybe you're not starting or getting as much playing time as you want, or maybe as a team, you're losing some of the tough games and you're fighting to to make those conference championships and everything there. Um, and you learn how to overcome overcome that adversity on a day-to-day basis while all your other classmates are just out having fun. So I I definitely think, especially on the sales side and how competitive collegiate sports can be, that there was a complete tie-in that I've uh, definitely used in my career, especially starting out in a sports career. No, that's awesome. And, and post Winona State University, you go on right away to receive your MBA from Dakota Westland University. And as you think back to that time, what did you think you wanted to do for a career path? Yeah, that's, it's always great. My parents would laugh too, because I went to college, I chose mass communication. um, And I always tell people this, because it's funny, because I work in a numbers role is I chose a career where I could do the least amount of math. Mm -hmm. I um, did it or a major where I could do the least amount of math. And I love the idea of communications, because I like the idea of interacting with people. And I knew I wanted to kind of work in live events. Didn't really know what that meant. I knew I didn't want to be a wedding planner, but maybe a corporate event planner or something in the event side. And I was coming to the end of my time at Winona and my cousins had gone to Dakota Wesleyan. And I said, you know, I'll go in and get a master's as well while I kind of figure it out. And while I was doing the master's Dakota Wesleyan is when I started with ticket sales um, as a summer sales associate. But I think I really... For that role specifically, going back, I had interned with the Denver Nuggets and Colorado Rapids as a game entertainment intern. 
And that's when I really realized that event planning could also mean working in sports. And I was in my senior year kind of figuring out, okay, I'm not going to be playing soccer anymore. What does that mean? How do I keep sports in my life? And when I figured out that you could actually have a career in sports other than being an athlete on the field, um, it all kind of really started to click for me. And I did that internship and I knew right away that I wanted to be in the sports and entertainment industry. Uh, the masters, I think just kind of fell into place. It was, you know, while I was figuring out, I wasn't sure what to do and I'd already started it. So I said, Hey, if I get started, I'm going to finish it. Um, but I think, you know, the playing sports and knowing I wanted to work in events and being able to combine the two, I was definitely lucky. So. Well, and to your point, your kind of first experience with Cronky sports and entertainment was, you know, kind of an internship and then it turned into a summer sales associate and, and which is, you know, can you find a way to, to, to really stand out which you did, then you became an inside sales representative for the Denver Nuggets and Colorado Avalanche. And as you think back to those internships and associate programs and then entry level roles, what do you feel like you did to stand out? Yeah, I feel like it's going to sound like a cliche answer, but it was literally being the hardest worker in the room, um, especially on a sales side, but I think really any specific job within sports or just in general is, the people who work hard, they put in that hardest effort and they care the most are the people who start to stand out, especially in that entry level is not many people are going to have much more experience than you. Not many people are going to have done this job already. And so you're all starting out on the same playing field and people who come in and they work really hard is, is basically how from summer sales associates inside sales, they literally promoted the top three people who had like the highest amount of output, right? So booking the most meetings, making the make most phone calls, it was all very controllable. And those are the people who got promoted. Uh, then from inside sales is basically the same thing. It was, I made sure I was the top call producer every single week that I was there in inside sales. And that naturally translated into sales. I wouldn't even say at that moment, I was the best seller in that room. I actually got promoted into a class and was halfway through. And so I was in the middle of a class, right? I didn't get to start from the beginning of with yep. them in inside sales. And I just out hustled a lot of people and ended up getting that promotion over to the rapid side. Um, again, if you hustle and you get in front of those people, specifically on ticket sales, right, you're you're going to see results. And then you have good mentors and leaders who can start to train you on the actual sales side, how to overcome objections, all that. Then you're going to get that perfect storm. You're going to start to see yourself top of the leaderboard. So I kind of experienced that firsthand. I just knew no one's going to outwork me. It was kind of that college athlete mentality, I guess. So I'm just going to come in, work really hard, and hopefully it pays off. And it definitely translate over, and it did. So, Well, as our listeners out there, there there's going to be no argument with me on that end. Obviously, it's it's called 52 Weeks of Hustle for a reason. And, and you know, it seemed like a, a little bit of a layup there uh, of an answer because it, it's absolutely the, the way to go. And you certainly stood out, Amanda, and you have immediate success. You quickly get promoted to an account executive, then a senior account executive with the college Colorado Rapids of the MLS, kind of back to your soccer roots. And what's your advice on being able to to easily transition to kind of selling at the highest level? To your point of like work ethics should never go away, but you move into an AE level or a senior AE, your goal is four or five X times higher. How do you continue to sell at the highest level while equally working as hard? Yeah. And I think it starts with how you get to that higher level, right? Um, One thing that I did when I was at the Rapids is I made sure that I was doing the hard things. So I started out as a season ticket sales account executive. I knew deep down that groups was more my wheelhouse at the time. Like I wanted to be in events. I liked event planning um, and then learned very quickly that groups was just event planning, but that's where my mindset was. So I got moved over to the groups team 
And where we were at in soccer is every other group sales account executive had a youth soccer club that they could send links to. They could sell them starting 11 packages, all these FEPs. And I didn't have a soccer club. I was an added role. They just let me go be a group rep. And so I was like, well, what can I do? Right. Like if you have a soccer club, that seemed like the easier sale at the time. And nobody was calling businesses, especially from the group side. It was, oh, businesses might buy season tickets. And I said, well, companies do company outings. Right. So I went and did the hard thing that nobody was doing. I picked up a phone. I started just cold calling businesses with little training at the time until I reached out to my managers and asked, how do I call a business correctly? Um, And that really helped accelerate it. Right. And so my revenue started flying up the board. I was starting to stand out because I was getting these sales of like 800, 1,000, 2,000 tickets at a time that people hadn't really seen at the rapids at that time. Um, Like no one was doing it. So I think when you're going to start to sell at that higher level, it's you have to get more creative and you have to be willing to get out of your comfort zone and just do the hard things. If you just are good with sticking to your leads, your day to day, and just doing that, that's fine, but you're probably not going to accelerate your career versus going out there, doing something that nobody else on your team is doing, asking for that help and those resources. But I think that's the biggest thing is you just, you have to step out of your comfort zone and be willing to, to try something new. So no, absolutely. And Amanda, for you, after, after several years of selling at a high level, you receive your, you receive your first leadership opportunities, the manager of group ticket sales there with the rapids. And how did you know leadership was the right fit for you? Yeah. I love that question. Um, I would say I didn't at first. I was very, very torn. And my manager at the time, his name was Morgan. I would go to him all the time and was like, I'm having a lot of success selling. I really like selling. I want to grow my career. Do I want to run a team? Do I want to go sell partnerships? Right? Like these are the two paths in my head. How do I get to either one of those? Um, And he really kind of broke it down for me and was like, hey, you could do either. Right? Like you put your mind to it. You can do either one of these but let's start to get you more integrated into more of the non-sales sides of things. So you can see what that's like. To be fair, I was a senior account executive. I wasn't overseeing a team or helping with inside sales or anything at the time. Um, and so I think teams that have like leadership and training programs, those are extremely beneficial. We make sure here at the Red Wings, we definitely implement that as well. Because I started doing that with shadowing with Morgan and learning more about the numbers and the back end. And then how the training and the coaching and the helping and how you can bring a team together. And that all just really resonated with me that I can take what I've learned by doing and by observing others and knowing who's on my team and impact more than just myself and impact a group of people, which then impacts our entire business bottom line. Um, And having a larger impact like that was really important to me. And so that was kind of that switch in my head where I knew, okay, I think leadership's my, uh, my next step. I think he was maybe teeing me up a little because he then moved to Paris and resigned like a couple months later and was like, okay, go find a job now. So, um, but no, it was, it was great to have um, a little bit of that guidance, but um, yeah, I think there's, there's multiple paths that you can take. And that's a great thing about our industry. Well, and, and for you, after spending, you know, three years in leadership there and, and overall six and a half years in Denver, you kind of, to your point of getting out of your comfort zone, you make the move cross country to Detroit with the Red Wings as the director of ticket sales and then ultimately the VP. Why was that the right opportunity for you? Yeah, absolutely. Um, And it was an opportunity that wasn't expected. I wasn't looking to leave Denver. I literally named my dog Rado after the state of Colorado. So Mm -hmm. it was not by no means looking to, to leave Colorado, right? It was home for me. Um, And Spencer, who's obviously been on the show, he had reached out 
and just said, hey, I want you to just learn about this opportunity. And I've always told myself, take every phone call if it's the first call, right? Always hear yep. it out, always get to meet other people within the industry. So took the first call and something just clicked, right? It was, I had been the group's manager. I put all these processes in place. I don't think you can ever get fully stagnant in a role, but I was at the place where we could just like hit play, keep going. And it was, okay, what's that next step, right? I want to make more of an impact, have more of an impact on a sales team, on the business. And I was talking to Spencer and it was just where the Red Wings were at. It was in my head, that was a team who they have 11 Stanley Cups. And I grew up in Colorado as an Avalanche fan, right? So I was like, oh, the Red Wings are fine. Like they probably don't have a sales like need out there. Right. And it was just, you know, my naiveness to what was going on in NHL. Um, and he was talking to me about how where the Red Wings were at. They needed to rebuild their sales team. We moved, they moved into a new building. The team went from winning Stanley Cups left and right to being literally the worst team in hockey. So it was this perfect storm. And I think people outside of sports, my parents thought I was crazy. You are intentionally going to go work for the worst team in hockey. Why would you do that? That sounds hard, right? And I was like, no, that's a great opportunity for sales. Um, And I just knew, right, that it was time for the next move. I think there's a misconception people outside of sports that sports is this massive industry, which it is. But I always say there's hundreds of law firms in a city and there's maybe four or five sports teams tops, right? Right. So the industry is small and I figured, hey, it was my time to to take the leap of faith in myself, move out to Detroit, see what it was all about. Told myself I would, after three years, get back to Colorado. And after three years, I bought a house and said, I'm staying in Detroit. So yeah, really never know uh, where it could take you. Well, to that point of three years, you, you almost a year ago now, you get the bump to the vice president of ticket sales and service for the wings there. And uh, throughout your time there, what are you and the team most proud of the, uh, from an accomplishment standpoint? Yeah, I think a couple of things. I started in the 2019. We started really getting things going. And as we all know, COVID happened, which was a massive impact on um, the entire sports industry. Never in our minds, we thought that we wouldn't be able to allow to have fans in a building, right? Like that was the one thing we never thought would happen. So it's really interesting. And so I think coming out of COVID, it was, what does this look like, right? What does the world of sports look like? Um, again, the Red Wings were still one of the worst teams in hockey. So it's not like we just got better during COVID. We were coming out. I think fans were excited to see live sports again. Uh, that wore off after a little bit when the team was still not performing well. And then we came out this past season, um, our 22-23 season leading into that. We put some really big goals in front of the team and said, hey, I know that we're still coming out of COVID years and all of that, but we want our fan base back to where they were basically when the building opened and the team took to that challenge. And I just couldn't be more proud of them for that because we set like a select a seat record. I'm pretty sure we can fact check it, but um, with NHL that year, definitely an event record that we set at the Red Wing side, changed our group sales process. They set a record. And now all of the goals that we've put in place for them this year, if we would have told them two years ago, this is where they would be. I don't think anyone would have believed us, but the fact that the team overcame all the COVID objections, bounced back from that with a team who's not giving us any help on the ice at the time and was still able to come out here and start crushing goals that were in front of them. And everybody was so bought in. It's You can't teach that kind of passion. Um, and so to see it all come into play as a team and as a unit was, was incredible. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, 
and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Again, we're here on 52 Weeks of Hustle. The guest today, Amanda Dennis, Vice President of Ticket Sales and Service for the Detroit Red Wings. And Amanda, let's get into three hot topics. First question one, selling sports is never easy. And really, regardless of wins or losses, and right there, we just talked about it. You and your team have sold a variety of team performance. What's your advice to all listeners on the value of just making sure they're running parallel paths, but also selling at a high level, no matter the outcome on the ice, the field, the court? Absolutely. Um, anybody out there, if you're new getting into that career, I think we can definitely tell you the wins and losses do not matter. <laughs> you yep. will still have sales goals in front of you. And I think for for us, what's worked here is we create our own story, right? The story that you create to the fans um, is really, really important. If you're like, yeah, the team's not doing very well versus when you come out and the experience and we're rebuilding and the future of the team, right? You kind of create your own destiny. You create your own urgency and we're not selling hockey, right? People who want to see hockey are buying tickets. They already have hockey tickets. You're selling experiences. You're selling ROIs for businesses. And once you really start to realize that, it changes your conversations. And you're not having a sales conversation. You're having a relationship conversation. And that's going to affect everything and really change the outcome. So that's my my key advice there. Absolutely. And in question two, you and I have talked about leadership for a long time. And as you think about all the successful leaders you've been around, what do you feel like is the biggest difference between kind of okay leaders and then really great leaders? Yeah, it's a great question. I think there's there's two things that go into it. I think the first one is results versus process. I think okay leaders focus on the results. And when I first became a leader, all I cared about was this is our goal. How do we hit it? Um, Where more so you need to focus on the process. The process is what's going to lead you to the results. So you have to have that strategy from beginning to end. And you can't just panic stray from it. Now, if you have to pivot and adjust your strategy, that's fine. But you have to put a process in place that your team also believes in and make sure that you're being very process oriented. And I think that comes down to more so like, okay, leaders, it's really about yourself. It's how do I hit my goal where great leaders that I've seen and I try to implement myself as well is it's not about yourself. It's about the team. So if you have a process and your team believes in it, then you're going to be fine. You're going to hit your goals and you're going to exceed them. Um, it's all about the team, right? I always say, and people say, Oh, you, this is your goal. I'm like, it's not my goal. It's our goal because I'm not the one on the phones. I'm not the one processing the credit cards anymore. Right. It's the 40 people that were, are around us every single day that are on the front lines. They're the ones doing it. And so you have to take care of your people. And that doesn't just mean, you know, doing the fun things in the office, but rewarding the right behavior when they're doing the correct sales process, even from starting out to just, Hey, rewarding them for booking meetings. Yep. And after booking meetings, it's rewarding them for closing on the spot and then rewarding them for upselling. And if 
your team sees those rewards that they're doing things correctly, that process is going to come into play. Your team's going to be bought into it. And as soon as you have that and it all comes together, like you're like, okay, we're good. Here it is. (laughs) Yeah, no, I love it. And then finally question three, Amanda, you on paper, you had made it. You were working for your hometown team, name the dog, right? Like your family's out there. It was certainly out of your comfort zone, moving to Detroit, friends and family, and even, you know, career. You spent six and a half years there at Kroenke. You make the move to Detroit and it certainly worked out for you. What's your advice on being willing to just get out of your comfort zone? Yeah, I think it it all comes down to it. Like you just have to be, have to do it. People always told me, trust your gut, which I believe to some extent, but I think we're all salespeople and we all want to analyze it, look at the numbers, does it make sense, whatever it is there. Um, but you kind of just have to trust in yourself. And I think just getting out of your comfort zone is so important and not even just with moving for a job, but calling B2B for the first time, like picking up that phone and calling B2B or even from inside sales, the first time you make an outbound phone call, right? right. Um, you just have to be okay, like with being uncomfortable to really excel in the sports world. Um, and a part of that is potentially moving across country or to a city that you don't know. Another thing I think that's really helpful with it is have people that you trust that can also provide you guidance and make sure that you're aligned. When I always have been told this, and I'll tell people this is when you're interviewing for a job, it's a two-way interview, right? So yeah. ask the questions that you need to know as well. But I think getting out of your comfort zone is the number one thing that's really helped me in multiple ways, whether it's internal promotions, whether it's moving a job across the country, getting those first big sales is you'll feel it and be like, oh, this is kind of uncomfortable and just force yourself to do it. No, I love it. Well, Amanda, a ton of great advice. Certainly fun to hear about your journey, both personally and professionally. And close out, like put our guests on the hustle hot seat. So you ready for this? All right, let's go. If you had to eat one meal for the rest of your life, what would it be? I'll go back to my Colorado roots with that one. I'll have six Chipotle. <laughs> What's the last thing you completed on your bucket list? Um, well, this is going to sound kind of sad because this is back when I lived in Colorado. Um, but I completed my fifth 14er. So, which is in Colorado hiking a mountain above 14,000 feet in elevation. So, so I'll, you've I'll, completed I'll, five of them now. I've done five total, but yeah. I moved away. So five <laughs> was my initial goal. We'll see if I get any more in. <laughs> nice. If you hosted a talk show, who would be your first guest? Um, it's definitely a hard one. I think there's lots of amazing people out there. Two probably come to mind, I think more on the business side, probably Cheryl Sandberg. She was COO of Facebook, um, wrote the book Lean In, I think very impactful and powerful for uh, for women working in sports or just in business in general. So I think um, just a very powerful, impactful person that would, would have a lot to say and learn from. And Amanda, to close it out, what are three key takeaways you'd give every listener to be in your shoes one day? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think from the beginning, we talked about it. It's work hard. Be the hardest worker in the room. You can control that. So definitely do it. Um, Do the hard things. So again, getting out of your comfort zone, doing the things no one else is doing that seem like a bigger challenge. And the last one I would say is um, create a strong network, right? Like people have good mentors, people that you can go to, people that you can count on day to day. Um, against a small industry. So having those people that can rally for you and be an internal champion for you, it it goes a long way. Awesome. Amanda, thank you so much. What a great career. Always a pleasure talking to you. I certainly appreciate your time and expertise. Yeah, absolutely. It's been good catching up, Travis. Appreciate it. Thank you. Again, this is Travis Apple. Thank you for listening to 52 Weeks of Hustle. Please be sure to follow the podcast on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. We'll be back next week with another industry leader.
Have a great week. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.